Welcome everyone to the Milking It Podcast, the podcast that tugs the tea to popular culture until it explodes all over your face. I'm David Davis and I'm sat here on my own. Oh yes, it's a, a terribly lonely existence being me at the moment. Um, it's been a while, it's uh, episode 48. Can you imagine episode 48? Um, basically, as we always say, real life gets in the way, both personally and professionally. Both Bill and myself have uh, been on a roller coaster ride of emotion and uh, a wonder and excitement, which uh, I don't think either of us would wish to relive. Um, but I'm here for episode 48, which will be a, a slightly different episode. Um, I'm going to have a bit of a chit chat about a couple of bits that we've, uh, we, well, we didn't get a chance to talk about last time um it sort of go over a few bits that we're going to be discussing in the next episode which will be coming along very very soon uh there will then be a uh, bit from myself uh which is a tribute to rowdy roddy piper who we lost uh, very recently uh, one of my favorite uh, wrestlers and uh, i know one of boo's favorite wrestlers as well uh, we had hoped to have a bit of a chat and sort of go over our favorite matches and talk a little bit more as well about dusty Rhodes. obviously we did the mini milk recently or i did the mini milk recently that was the last episode that, that went up um but yeah so there'll be a little tri- bit of a tribute to rowdy roddy piper uh and then jay is also going to be along he has the first half of his favourite Marvel Universe movies. We've got to the point now where we've got so many Marvel Universe movies that uh, Jay can present uh, a big old top ten. So uh, uh, I think it's uh, ten, to, ten to number six today and then uh, the rest will be in the next episode. Um, plus, uh, yeah, talking to Marvel movies and uh, obviously Jay uh, may well talk about this in his, in his second half. Fantastic Four has uh, finally come out at the cinema and uh, at the moment is sitting on, a, I think it's a nine on Rotten Tomatoes, which is absolutely dreadful. Um, opening weekend of $11 million. No, uh, no, from what I was reading, no Marvel film has opened, or no superhero movie, sorry, has opened at less than $35 million since Green Lantern back back in the day so uh, very disappointing and um, the the uh, by all accounts the director has been saying that there's been a lot of sort of studio interference with it um there's been a four-part fat man on batman podcast if you're into your podcasts uh, I'd, I'd, I'd urge you to listen to that and i'll talk about that in a second um with the director and uh, kevin smith himself uh, talking about fantastic four how it came around and the way the director's talking about it it's the most exciting thing in the world and it's going to be this great film and um, it sounds like it has been pretty much ripped apart by the studios but anyway We'll get to that because this is episode 48. I'm David Davis flying alone, playing with myself. Yes, join me. It's the Milking It podcast. I've got the So yes indeed, welcome, it's the Milking It Podcast, episode 48, a solo show with myself, David Davis. Mr. Boulamont will be joining me again from episode 49, which will be coming up very soon. Um, what I want to do is kind of just plug a couple of gaps, because uh, it's been a while since we were last uh, did a proper show, in fact it's been probably uh, about, about a month and a half. Um, thanks for sticking with us, thanks to all the people that are still following us via the Milking It, via the milking it Podcast.com, uh, or via our Facebook page. Uh, we basically will be trying to keep that up to date, um, just chucking up some stories and bits and pieces, because obviously while we were away 
Uh, you had <laughs> obviously Comic Con was on, uh, lots of bits and pieces coming out of that. Uh, we had uh, E3 as well going on, uh, Gamescom going on at the moment. Uh, so there's, there's lots of bits and pieces happening, uh, lots to report, but obviously no show for us to be uh, reporting on. So rather than do a sort of two and a half hour show of us going over everything, I'll mention a couple of bits um, that uh, that stood out for me. Uh, basically from Comic Con it was mainly the trailers it was trailer-tastic this year um, a lot of people going crazy for the Batman vs Superman trailer looks very very good there's been reports this week uh, Ben Affleck uh, impressed the uh, studio executives so much in a screening that they gave him a standing ovation and have pretty much uh, guaranteed that the rest uh, of the uh, DC Universe movies going forwards uh, as far as we're concerned Batman is Batfleck, he is going to be playing that uh, that character. So we are going with the older, grislier, uh, as Ben Affleck put it, more fucked up Batman. Uh, so uh, that's a, a slightly different, uh, slightly more interesting way of uh, dealing with things. It'd be be good to see if they uh, incorporate that into a new uh, selection of games as well, which would be uh, very good. Holy cow, that'd be they uh, very interesting to see uh, see a game with that with that Batman. Um, talking of Batman games, it's been out a while. Um, just a, a slight detour. You'll find I'll go all over the place with this. There's, a, there's only some uh, very scrappy notes written down for me to go off uh, while I'm just uh, chatting off the top of my head. Um, Batman Arkham Knight. I've been playing it. Um, uh, I'd spoke with Boo about this. We, we had a bit of a chat. We've been keeping in contact, obviously, because, you know, aside from being podcast partners, we're also friends. And uh, we do shock talk. So... Um, yeah, we were chatting briefly about uh, Arkham Knight because obviously we were both excited about it. We both played the previous games. We, we like their style and we, we enjoy them as a, as a sort of franchise. Um, Boo, I think he said he pretty much clocked the game in about eight hours. It gave him about eight hours worth of play. And um, overall, I don't think he was amazingly impressed from the from the uh, the, the way he was talking about it. Um, I have issues with it as a game. It, it looks beautiful. Um, and the Batman-y bits play really, really well. And the um, the stuff which is like the style from Arkham City and Arkham Origins and um, Arkham Asylum plays really well. Um, the, the fighting is really fluid. The voice acting, you cannot fault. It's really good. Um, there's some of the new characters they've introduced are good. Some of the old characters coming back, there's in some interesting ways they've brought them into the story and everything else. Um, the big innovation that they were shouting about as they were creating the game was that they, you know, it's a massive ex- world you can explore. Uh, so you're going to need your vehicle. So finally, finally you can bring the Batmobile into it and this is going to change the game. Yes, it does change the game. Um, especially if, like me, you're not a fan of racing games or games that involve vehicular combat. Um, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, there's been a couple of occasions and um, it stumped me for a, a good sort of 10 days where I didn't go near the game because there were some sections that involve uh, hunting down and trying to do uh, stealth attacks using the biggest, clunkiest machine you'll ever drive in your life uh, against these ridiculous tanks that you had to sneak up behind and uh, Cobra tanks, I believe they're called in the game and, uh, and unleash these uh, missiles at them. And it... It, it, no pun intended, drove me insane. Um, I, I, I hate racing games. I'm rubbish at them. Um, so the idea of there being whole levels of Riddler challenges that you have to do that involve uh, race course against uh, against the clock just absolutely turns me off. Uh, but this portion uh, of this vehicular combat against these Cobra tanks. I died so many times and found it so frustrating that I put the game down. I put down a Batman game. Yes, me. 
the, the, the Batman idiot, the guy who talks about Batman on every single podcast and drives people up the wall, is currently sat here wearing a Batman t-shirt, looking at a Batman poster and a Batman figure. Um, I put a Batman game down and I went back to playing Lego Jurassic Park. That's that's the state that it got me. I'm I'm really not a fan of the Batmobile sections of the game. For me, it absolutely destroys it. I've I've got I think well I know because I've I've watched a lot of the um, the bits after where I am now because I've got to a second point which is where you're pretty much getting up to actually battling the Arkham Knights. So it's about two third uh, well about yeah two thirds of the game completed and it's got to another section which is a massive, massive ground-based tanks and guns and racing round type thing, and I just don't have the patience for it. Um, and unfortunately, it got to the point now where, again, I've put that aside. I'm playing the side sort of DLC stuff, the Batgirl and the, the Red Hood stuff. Um, I'm not saying it's spoiled the game for me, but it certainly hasn't in, it enhanced my enjoyment of the game. Uh, it's got to the point where <laughs> I found myself yesterday. <laughs> I, was, I was sat on, on YouTube watching someone else play the game from the point I've got stuck at, just so I could see the game completed and find out what happens. So I know I know what's going to happen now with the rest of the game. The story itself is absolutely brilliant. There's some really great bits in it. it it's not a spoiler to say that Mark Hamill returns as the Joker in a very, very interesting way. It was a, a, a very good way of bringing back a character that they clearly killed off. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that in itself, it's worth it for Mark Hamill and uh, Kevin Conroy, who, as always, uh, provide the, just the best version of the Batman and Joker possible. Uh, interestingly enough as well uh, while I uh, while I was on my down period of running around picking up uh, bits of uh, Jurassic Lego um, uh, the uh, news came through that they are uh, making a version of The Killing Joke um, and Mark Hamill true to his word on a, a very early version of uh, a, sorry early episode of uh, Fat Man and Batman Kevin Smith's uh, podcast second mention for that one this uh, this show kids uh, episode 48 once again David uh, championing Kevin Smith our podfather uh, yeah, they, basically Mark Hamill said that uh, the Arkham games would be the last time he'd do the voice of the Joker for anything unless he was offered the opportunity to provide the voice for the killing joke because as far as he was concerned, that was the greatest story of the Joker ever told. So that will be interesting. I, I really genuinely cannot wait to see uh, see that. Uh, the Killing Joke, one of my favourite uh, graphic novels or trade paperbacks. Actually, no, I don't think it is a trade paperback, is it? It is a graphic novel because it's a one-shot, but uh, I'm not sure. We'd, I'd have to ask our, uh, our resident comic expert and uh, an all-round good egg, Dino Peppers, and uh, find out uh, what the, the correct term is. Make sure that I'm not a offending anyone in the uh, the comic book community so uh yes so that came out of comic-con sorry like i said it's going to go all over the place this it's just me um, shooting off the top of my head uh baby jesus um uh, so for comic-con yeah everyone's getting excited about the batman versus superman trailer for me personally uh if we're going to talk trailers the one that got me all moist uh was the suicide squad trailer holy cow that that i was excited about it i thought it was going to be an interesting film <laughs> fuck you take my money i <laughs> that's the one i'll be queuing to see batman versus superman okay yeah yeah i'll, I'll definitely go and see that at the cinema 100 percent. i'll be there but suicide squad that's 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 blown out the water as, as far as i'm concerned that's the one i'm the most excited about um i also get the impression from the look of the film uh from the feel of the film it's gonna have a hell of a soundtrack isn't it that you just, you just know that that, that is going to be one hell of a soundtrack i genuinely can't wait uh, joker looks great as well which is uh, which is also good i can't wait 
like to see what Jared Leto does with that. Really, really good. Um, the only thing, I don't off the top of my head thinking of trailers, the only other thing that's worth mentioning, um, we will definitely, definitely 100% talk about this on the next show when myself and Boo get together. Um, it has to be mentioned. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> it has to be mentioned. Fallout 4. That... It, it, what that trailer I, I have not watched a trailer as many times as I have watched that now absolutely stunning looks beautiful looks like it's going to be the game that everyone wants um, returning to exactly what we loved about Fallout 3 I mean Boo and I have gushed about Fallout 3 It I've said before now it is the game that got me back into playing games and I think probably I, I probably spent more time playing Skyrim overall uh, just because there was more to do as a bigger universe everything else but in terms of a, a game that just changed the world for me and and helped actually build a very big bond between myself and Boo, uh, especially the soundtrack uh, which even to this day we keep sending each other uh, ink spots uh, <laughs> tracks off YouTube um, uh, setting the world on fire etc etc. Uh, but yes, can't wait for that Fallout 4 trailer looks brilliant looks like they're going down that same kind of route uh, genuinely excited about that, I think it's, it's, it's going to be one of those games which uh, I'm going to lose myself in so it, it, I might be uh, worth booking some time off work for that one I think uh, trailer wise as well also worth mentioning another great trailer that went up very recently uh, there is a link via uh, the milkingitpodcast.com and that is the trailer for Deadpool um, <laughs> again okay, it came from left side but wasn't expecting it to be quite as uh, as brutal as it is but the red band trailer if you've seen if you've seen the one that's knocking around the uh, the normal trailer then yeah that's brilliant really funny very good if you want to switch over to the, the red band, that gives you an idea of what the the, the actual thing's going to be like. Um, we're talking sort of daredevil levels of brutality on this one. It's going to be very cool. Um, definitely, definitely worth checking out if you haven't already. Um, what else was the news? Games-wise, Mafia 3 getting announced. Um, I don't know whether you, you guys have played the other Mafia games. The first Mafia game um, was... The mechanics of it were really, really bad um, in the sense of the uh, collision detection. I remember being particularly off. It had to, it had two. Re- it had one really good thing and one really bad thing about the uh, the, the the way they used vehicles in Mafia One. Uh, the first one was that you, it, it wasn't like Grand Theft Auto. You couldn't just like open the door and you were in and you were off. You had to actually like spend a bit of time. Uh, picking the lock to get into the the, the vehicles, so you you uh, you had the chance of the police spotting you, etc. While you you know, it's a good sort of twenty seconds. Everything else. Um, th- again, there was there was some from what I remember uh, in that first one, there were some racing levels which um, they tried to be slightly too realistic with how the cars handled <laughs> because of the time it was set in, obviously set in the twenties. Um, so it it made the racing levels really difficult to get through um, because the the cars just handled like shit. Um, the, the the bad thing I remember was that you could get arrested, <laughs> and it's something that thankfully Grand Theft Auto had never fallen into the trap of doing. Um, you could get arrested in Mafia for running red lights. So if you were driving around the city, you had to obey 
the traffic lights. Otherwise, the police, if they spotted you, would uh, chase you down and arrest you, and uh, that would be the end of your game. So, <laughs> not not something that any game has ever tried to do since, uh, and for, for good reason, I think. It's <laughs> definitely, definitely not something which was uh, uh, an improvement. But um, Mafia 2 was good. Uh, that was decent. I remember Mafia 1 playing on the PC. Uh, Mafia 2, I remember playing on Xbox. That was good. Um, not brilliant, but it was it was a decent game. Storyline was, was decent. Just a complete sort of good fellas rip off but uh, still a really decent game and uh, mafia 3 looks good uh, gameplay wise it's getting mixed reviews but it's a very early build not due out until uh, 2016 so it's still some time for them to improve on it we've seen what they did um, you know by putting games back like batman you know they've, they've built on them they've made them really good um hopefully it's set in new orleans it's sort of uh 1950s new orleans early 60s um vietnam wars uh, veteran etc that kind of thing um again really good trailer really good soundtrack used on the trailer but a Jimi hendrix as we know uh <laughs> stereotypically uh, <laughs> soundtrack to vietnam um but uh yeah looks good looks interesting i'd urge you to go and watch that trailer again there's a link via the milkkitpodcast.com uh other news uh, from games news wise just to uh, wrap up a little bit of stuff that we've missed while we were away uh, very quickly mention the uh, WWE 2K16 news as you know 2K15 was a game which I don't think Boo ever bothered getting or ever bo- bothered playing I did because I'm a sucker for that kind of thing um, the uh, <laughs> it, it's safe to say that the uh, Hulk Hogan special edition that came out is now even more collectible um, they have removed as part of the uh, Hulk Hogan controversy the opportunity now if you cannot download the Hulk Hogan and NWO Hulk Hogan characters for your 2K15 game they have been taken off the marketplace you can no, no longer play as Hulk Hogan he does not exist you are more likely to get a a pre-order bonus of Chris Benoit than you are of getting a pre-order bonus of Hulk Hogan. However, they are promising uh, that there will be the largest roster of all time on any WWE game. They're going to have over 120 characters. So essentially, we're talking not all killer, quite a bit of filler. Um, You're looking at current WWE superstars. Uh, so uh, pretty much all of the main roster will be in there all the guys that you see every week Uh, pretty much all of the NXT characters that you see all the superstars are from NXT uh, will be involved as well Um, there's been some screenshots uh, of Finn Balor there's been some screenshots of uh, Daniel Bryan Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, is the pre-order bonus Um, I would imagine that uh, the other pre-order bonus of the Terminator will cause a bit of uh, controversy as uh, <laughs> I was having a conversation again like I say uh, talking to Boo about this I w- we were discussing our hatred for putting or my hatred for putting non-wrestling characters in wrestling games I think uh, most of that comes from when you go onto uh, the online and people have created their own characters and stuff I just why people spend their time creating Homer Simpson or Spider-Man or whoever the fuck to, to put into a wrestling game, I don't know. I, I just 
you know for me it's, I've never never really done that never really gone for those sort of weird characters I've just always tried to stick to the wrestling game but maybe maybe I'm too square man but yeah so 120 guys it's not hard to to tell that um, they even if you put the current superstars and the NXT superstars together that ain't 120 people so um, you're pretty much guaranteed that there will be a load of legends there will be a load of Hall of Famers in there um, pretty much everyone's guaranteed to be getting a a shot at being part of that um, unless your name is Hulk Hogan um, not going to go into the, the Hulk Hogan controversy there's enough stuff online the guy's a moron we knew he was a moron for years it, it's Hulk Hogan do you know what I mean it, 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 I don't think it should surprise anyone that the guy has said something stupid I, I can see I can see a lot of people making the argument that okay uh Vince said the same word in uh, a segment backstage. Yeah, but that was a segment backstage. You know what I mean? And it's all about context. It's all about the position that you're in. It's also, uh, as we're learning now, there's a good chance that Hulk Hogan is going to be found guilty of lying under oath. Um, that's not something that a publicly traded company like WWE is really going to want to get into. So I can see why they'd want to uh, kind of distance themselves from the guy. He's not exactly known for being the most factual guy. Let's face it. You know, the number of times he's told us about performing in front of 100,000 people and press slamming Andre over his head and everything else. And how, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's Hulk Hogan. Don't be surprised by anything as far as I'm concerned. Uh, WWE TK16, anyway, get back to that. So, yeah, so uh, my career's come back. Basically, they're going to put that back in. They've, they've basically, what they've done is they've taken 2K15 and all the bits that they took away, they've put back in. So all the bits that all the uh, sort of community boards and uh, all the people online were going, I can't believe they haven't done it. What, what have they done? They've taken this away and they haven't, you know, they haven't given us this. They haven't given us that. They, oh, that you can't create a diva. Well, now there you go. Would you believe creative divas back in? You can create a show. You can create an arena. You can create a championship. So all those bits that they took out, they can now put it back in and go, hey, look at this. It's a brand new thing. It's good. Oh, it's all exciting. It's, it's all exciting. Um, WWE Universe, you can now put your wrestlers onto multiple shows. So for years now, they've been stuck with this whole thing of when they did the brand split of Raw and SmackDown. Um, they were basically using that as an idea for the universe still. Um, so you couldn't have the same people wrestling on both shows. Sign of the times, you, your wrestlers need to be on both shows. You haven't got enough wrestlers to, uh, to do a brand split, okay? Um, they've overhauled online, although they, they say that every year. And uh, frankly, we, we never really see a huge amount of difference. Um, Bradshaw's been introduced to the commentary team. Uh, so you've got Bradshaw, King and Cole. Um, they've recorded a lot more stuff together. So it's, it does sound a lot more natural. There's a lot more um, sort of bits and pieces where uh, apparently instead of having the loading screens between the entrances, it just it flicks to a shot of the commentary table. They're talking together. They've got different bits and pieces they're going to say. Um, and basically, yeah, they, that replaces the loading screen. So it, it seems like a much more sort of flowing experience in terms of that. Um, I'm not sure how much difference that's going to make because I'm, I'm, I would imagine a lot of people are like me where where you you just end up kind of skipping the entrances after you've seen them a couple of times anyway so i'm i'm not sure how much difference that'll make um ref and manager ai has been overhauled they've pretty much shared so that's that's going to be interesting i think um managed to get hold of the uh, th talking of jerry king lawler uh, commentary team um managed to get hold of the uh, jerry the king lawler blu-ray uh, documentary they've just done um i would urge anyone who uh, who gets a chance to watch it it's really really good some of the stuff on there is really good really really good um and you forget quite how much uh, 
how much stuff that he he did before he got to the WWE. Um, however, <laughs> they do gloss over um, all of the uh, <laughs> all of the uh, the difficulties that he encountered when he uh, he uh, first went there. There's certainly um, no mention of the infamous uh, story about what happened or what uh, appeared in his crown at uh, Royal Rumble in 1994. But uh, we don't really want to go much further into that. Um, so those are a few bits that happened while we were away. Uh, you're probably sick and tired of my voice by now. So uh, we're going to have a couple of adverts. Uh, and when we come back, it'll be a tribute to Rowdy Roddy Piper. An ancient evil that feeds on the sick and demented which once haunted videos that were rented are back to turn the blood to ice of all of those who own a personal digital device on VHS, DVD and Blu-ray too in your pants it may make you Therefore celebrate and rejoice Peppers and Lamont as they tell tales of films you should and should not want. The Totally Insane Tape Show is something you should not fear. Listen to it with some food snacks and a beer. To find it, go to iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud and TuneIn Radio. No excuses to these sites. You must go. And to find out whence the evil comes from, go online and look at totallyinsanetapeshow.com. <laughs> Milksters, your old pal and friend of the show, Moss Man here, off of 80's classic cartoon, Masters of the Universe. As you can imagine, I've had a lot of time on my hands since that cartoon finished, and I've been aching to hear some quality, geeky podcast that rounds up all the news in a nice, tight package. Only thing is, we don't have iPhones. Oh, not after old King Randor fell out with Steve Jobs back in 92. Well... Imagine my delight that now the Milk and Git podcast is available on Stitcher for Android users like myself. Stitcher.com has all the information. Oh, I can't wait to tell Fisto. He'll be well made up. Alright people, this is your mate Stell, host of the great football podcast known as Shoot the Defence. Join me, John, Andy, Mike, Stuffy... And whoever else can be bothered to appear every Thursday night at 10.30pm. Mixler.com forward slash shoot the defence. We're informative, opinionated, sometimes controversial, and have one or two face palm moments. I have a dream. <laughs> Mr. Nathomate. We're on iTunes, Stitcher. Ah, and we have our own website, shootthedefence.com. Shoot the defence. Play on. Thank you. 
Rowdy Roddy Piper existed in that rare pop icon section of our culture. As to wrestling fans of my age, or just generally children of the 80s, he was the best bad guy in the business. Instantly recognisable in his kilt and white t-shirt, all manic-eyed and coked up in, in his interviews. He was that guy who smashed that coconut. He was the guy who kicked Cindy Lauper, chased the Goonies, and of course squeezed Mr T's head on national television. No surprise then, as cartoony as he was, that he was the character chosen to be the dick dastardly to Hogan's Penelope Pitstop in the Saturday morning cartoon Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. To others, of course, he's the star of They Live, a true cult film that still makes for great viewing even today. He's the host of the doomed ITV celebrity wrestling show from the early 2000s. He's that guy who bounced gold dust around to one of the best WrestleMania brawls ever. He's the icon who surprised a few with some decent matches in his anti-NWO WCW run. He's been the host of countless, very special Piper's Pits that have helped give a boost to storylines recently that have maybe been a little lacklustre. He was a great stand-up comic. He was one of the first wrestlers to cotton on to the spoken word tour concept, bringing the stories they tell each other whilst travelling the roads to the fans who lapped it up. And recently, he was a heck of a podcaster, presenting an intriguingly shambolic and massively listenable show each week until someone opened a can. Now... I only know the Roddy Piper that was presented to me on TV or in interviews, but one thing that did seem to really hit home, especially in his recent interview with Colt Cabana, is that Piper could turn it off. He came across as extremely self-aware, and, as he normally does, a guy who, unlike so many of the legends, and I'm looking at you, Rick and Hulk, he was someone who could quite happily and easily take off his kilt and be a stand-up father and husband away from the cameras. He seemed to know that Rowdy Roddy Piper was his job, but his family was his passion. So from this wrestling fan, thank you, Roddy. And before this week's Superstars of Wrestling program, we caught up with Hot Rod, and he had these comments. Ric Flair, huh? The real world's heavyweight wrestling champion. Must be a little tiny, itsy, itsy world you come from with munchkins in it and bats and hounds that don't bark. Because you've been doing enough barking for them all. See, me, I'm real plain and simple and direct. They call me Hot Rod. Everybody knows it. I don't have to say what I am because I've done it. That's the difference between you and me. You talk about it, I do it. Oh, you want to come out in the frilly robes? You're so cute. Of course, I come out in a kilt. Someone says I'm cute and I bury my fist down their throat. You want to have a party? You want to see how tough you are? Come on down. The water's fine, but it's up to here. I challenge anyone who has that music come on their headphones not to start a little bit of a piper swagger walk um <laughs> uh, now ladies and gentlemen uh the always reliable jay hodgkin uh has a segment for you where he's looking at his favorite marvel universe movies this is part one of two enjoy where am i what what's this milking it no no i'm not into chat room that masturbation oh wait Looking at yes, I remember that. That was some time ago, wasn't it? Yes, 
Yes, yes, yes indeed. We're back and we're better than ever. Only unlike things that say they're back and better than ever, like Whisper Bars and Eric Bischoff's WWE theme tune, we actually are back and better than ever. So what's happened since we've been away? Lots. David and Boo are probably going to do a 15-hour show to catch up with all the games, movies, and sadly passed on, and of course, sadly racist 80s wrestling legends. We may have to run a data blast over the end credits, like they did on CITV's 90s video game show, Bad Influence. So, set your videos to record that now. What? This is audio only? VHSs aren't a thing anymore? I've forgotten so much. How long have I been gone? What year is this? One of the things that's happened since we've been away is that Marvel has concluded its second phase of movies with Ant-Man. That superhero cash cow is some way from lactating its last teeth sploosh with an incredible 10 films scheduled for phase 3 between 2016 and 2019, not to mention the slew of spin-off TV shows in Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, The Defenders, Agent Carter, Daredevil and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But for now, we have a breather, a time to reflect on what has come before. I'm going to rank all the Marvel Universe movies according to my own tastes and share it with you because I'm that bloody self-absorbed. So, let's go straight in with number 12, my least favourite, 2010's Iron Man 2. Downey Jr.'s swaggering dickhole Tony Stark is still the Avengers' most compelling character, but so much of this movie falls completely flat. Mickey Rourke's whiplash is a non-threatening entity, especially during the final battle when Iron Man and Rhodes' war machine rock on up and turn him and his tin robot army into shrapnel, barely raising a sweat while they do it. Iron Man 2 feels a little bit empty at times, and the story just seems a little bit nonsensical. Number 11, Thor 2, The Dark World. Thor is my favourite character in the Avengers Ensemble movies, and despite featuring one of the series' more interesting characters in Tom Hiddleston's Loki, I can't quite connect with his standalone adventures. The fact that Christopher Eccleston's arch-villain is the worst MCU villain by some distance is some feat, seeing as Marvel has some very dull antagonists. Number 10, Thor. Following on from what I was saying last time. This one won't go down too well with the other boys in the studio, being so low on this list. However, it does a lot of things right. Hiddleston and Hemsworth are perfectly cast as the bickering God Brothers, ably supported by Anthony Hopkins, Stellan Skarsgård, Clark Gregg and Idris Elba. Surprise director Kenneth Branagh seems an inspired choice with his handling of the Shakespearean-esque squabbling royal sibling scenes on Asgard. It's just, when the movie heads to Earth, it just goes as flaccid as a dead whale's lower fin blowhole. Natalie Portman's phoned-in performance doesn't. Natalie, Natalie Portman's phoned-in performance doesn't help, and the desert town under threat setting feels too small for a battle of the gods. Number nine, The Incredible Hulk. Edward Norton hulked out and went home after this, leaving us with the much better Mark Ruffalo playing Bruce Banner. It's lower than expected box office returns, 
and some rights issues, see to it that we'll probably only be seeing Hulk smashing things with the rest of his Avengers buddies from now on. What's really interesting about the Incredible Hulk movie is its lack of connectivity with the rest of the MCU some eight years later. Bruce has barely mentioned Betty Ross since, instead contenting himself by looking at Black Widow's skin-hugging catsuit-clad arse in the Age of Ultron. Tim Robbins' abomination is on ice, but not dead, and yet somehow never spoken about. And Samuel Stern's The Leader was seen starting to mutate at the end of The Incredible Hulk, only never to be seen again. William Hurt's Thunderbolt Ross is actually making an appearance in Captain America's Civil War, finally throwing the red-headed stepchild of the MCU a bone off the table of attention. Number 8. Iron Man 3. Marvel's Phase 2 launched with the final solo adventure of its main star, only without much actual Iron Man in it. Iron Man 3 was more about Tony Stark first and foremost, rather than his fancy techno suit, and I'm actually fine with it. It showcases Tony as the resourceful know-it-all we all know and love. As cool as that suit is, it's Downey Jr. that's the star of this franchise, and I admire director Shane Black for having the balls to not only give the suit minimal airtime, but with the twist that proved very controversial regarding the Mandarin. It's not the best Iron Man outing, but it's a marked improvement over shitty old number two. 7. Avengers Age of Ultron Yes, it's got the whiz-bang pow of the first one, but it lacks the finality of an event that 2012's Avengers had. It feels very much like a middle section, like everyone wants to get it over and done with so they can get to the Infinity Wars shit already. Come on, Thanos, hurry up! There are numerous successes. Hawkeye actually becomes interesting. Vision and Chief Baddy Ultron are great. Joss Whedon's zingers are evident. And the Hulk-Iron Man brawl is the best all-out skirmish thus far. But as a big event movie, it fails. Halfway through then, and an excellent time to stop. I can't take all the airtime up after all. David must have a lot of pent-up Batman talk in him after all this time, and we have a predominantly DC fanboy show, so I'd better pack all my crayons away in my Spider-Man pencil case before the big boys come and beat me up. Six to one in the next show, other people's opinion fans. Stay tuned. I've got the feeling that you're milking it. So, that was episode 48, a solo show from myself. Uh, we will be back to normal at the next episode, which will be around very, very quickly. I think we've plugged some gaps today, covered some bits that uh, we hadn't had a chance to talk about uh, during our time off. Uh, but it, hopefully, we're back on track. You can visit us, as always, at themilkitpodcast.com. It's milkitpodcast at gmail.com, should you wish to uh, send us an email. Or you can go onto Twitter and get us at teat. Tugger, you can, as always, listen to our sister podcast, which is the Totally Insane Tape Show. Uh, they are going through some changes themselves and will rise from the ashes like a phoenix. Uh, that's Mr. Dino Peppers, who does our artwork, and uh, my good, close personal friend, Mr. Boulamont. Uh, they uh, provide the hilarity. I know it is no longer available on iTunes due to what uh, can only be described uh, using industry speak as a colossal fuck-up on my part. Uh, so iTunes, no longer available. Uh, I understand it is still available on SoundCloud, YouTube, etc. All the information is at the thetotallyinsanetapeshow.com. Apologies again to them for any issues that have been caused. However, 
onwards and upwards kids uh thank you as always dino for providing the artwork that you can see on the t-shirts and the mugs and the bits and pieces uh thank you very much to jay for his drop in always entertaining i'm looking forward to part two in episode 49 the music you hear that tickles your ear comes courtesy of mr john sands check him out he is on soundcloud he does amazing music he has provided us with loads of stuff across the past couple of years while we'll be doing the milk new podcast and continues to amaze me every time i hear a new track that he's put up so yes mr john sands provides our music for mr boo lamont i'm that cat guy david davis and i'll be back along with boo for episode 49 in the meantime take care of each other give yourselves a cuddle and make sure you listen to the milk you podcast